Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Colts fans, to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. We were wishing that this was going to be the first recap episode where we were going to get to talk about a Colts win. That's not the case, everybody. We are 0-3. It is pain with like five ends season right now. My name is Destin Adams. Next to me is Rashad McGinnis and Michael Tarazas. Boys, how are you guys doing? Uh, I've been Be better. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, I, mean, go ahead, I, Mike. I, uh, I watched a pathetic TCU Horn Fog performance. Now, my none of my guys get to be in the NFL. Um, the Colts, uh, instead of you know winning, they were wincing on Sunday. So. Yeah, what a great weekend, guys. Um, I saw a pathetic game, and then I watched the Rams win against the Buccaneers. So I was super excited for that. I got a phone call right after the game, a whole bunch of yelling and screaming and shit talking, and, and I enjoyed it. It was really hilarious. Hey, Rashad, hey, we, ju- we just found out that Matthew Stafford is actually pretty good when he has a team around him. Breaking Matthew, news, right? Matthew Stafford was, I mean, pretty good since I can understate it, but Stafford was a stud without talent around him. And then obviously he had Calvin Johnson for a few years. Um, but let's not act like Matthew Stafford's just like coming to the scene because he's a Ram. That's what they're trying to make it seem. That's the 
storyline behind it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not allowing that. Um, I, I think, I, th- I think McVeigh is a brilliant offensive mind. I do, mm-hmm. and this is not me taking anything away from him. But Matthew Stafford was that guy before this. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But he's gonna get the credit for unlocking Matthew Stafford. What I really think is more Matthew Stafford unlocking Sean McVeigh. Hey, hey, he only had Jared Goff, so. Hey, he had he had did he have Nick Foles for a few games too? When I think so, maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe he came in. Well, was right he the when, coach then? He may have got hired as soon as Goff got the job. But either way, the Colts are zero three. We could we could hype up the Rams all we want, but they beat us in week two, so we don't like them right now. Um, other than Rashad, who has some pretty specific uh, connections um, that he has to hold up with the Rams. I mean, <laughs> specific. <laughs> Pretty, pretty thick as blood, if you ask me. But uh, <laughs> the Colts are 0-3, but let's talk about some news before we get into this game that I, I'm just not that excited to talk about. But uh, first bit of Colts news, um, some would call this shocking. Um, I would call this something that I think is just – it just makes sense, like when I read it today. Um, Tom Pelissero is who I saw first with the news today. Um, the Colts and Marlon Mack have mutually decided to seek a trade. Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch last week. I mean, I think that should have put a light bulb over some people's heads um, because there's no way they thought, even after just seeing Marlon Mack limited snaps in week two, that Jordan Wilkins is a better running back than Marlon Mack. And that's coming from a Jordan Wilkins fan. I like Jordan Wilkins' game. I think he is a m- way better option than a fourth running back in the NFL. I do. But – Marlon Mack and the Colts will be seeking a trade elsewhere. Um, I wasn't too shocked about it, but what were your guys' initial thoughts seeing the tweet? I mean, my initial thoughts was what took so damn long. In my opinion, I thought it was going to be Jordan Wilkins. I've said it before. He's just too good to be number four on the depth chart and not getting any snaps. But for Marlon, I mean, of course, he's probably the bigger name. A lot more film has been uh, done. He's put a lot more on film for teams that want to be able to trade him. And the fact that he did not play week one, barely got any snaps, and then did not play uh, on Sunday, kind of wrote the story. Now, it was mutually agreed. Not that Colts are just trying to. It was mutually agreed upon. So, at the end of the day, when you have a lot of talent at a position, especially the running back position, um, when you drafted, traded up for Jonathan Taylor, when you didn't no one thought they would. You extended Naheem Hines, and now you still have Marlon Mack, who was a 1,000-yard rusher, towards Achilles, and then you still have a very good, very healthy, very fresh Jordan Wilkins. You had to make a decision on someone. I honestly think Marlon Mack is the right choice. Yeah, man. I mean, Marlon Mack on the open market probably has more value than Jordan Wilkins, but Jordan Wilkins is probably at this point a better player. Maybe Marlon Mack gets some of that juice back, but I, watching Marlon Mack, I could see he didn't quite have that same pop that he used to have, you know, before the injury, which is he's still really in the rehab phase of it. And maybe he'll get some of that back the more he plays on it, the more the fit he overcomes the fear of that injury and he gets it in his mind that I'm going to just go out and run the damn ball like I used to do. But it's a couple of good places that I can see him ending up and having success. But to answer your question, no, I wasn't shocked because the Colts, 
the Colts would always do right by Marlon. I always felt like that the Colts would do right by Marlon, and, and this is doing right by player. Hey, we said it countless times this offseason. I mean, if you had to build the ideal just Colts locker room type guy, I mean, you could not build a better person than Marlon Mack. I mean, Marlon Mack, it just holds all that, what it is to be a part of the horseshoe. Um, mm. I, I think this just makes sense for both sides. Um, like we heard Michael say a little bit earlier, it's hard to play more than two running backs when you're not a committee type style, like a New England or a, the Jets right now, where you don't have a talented enough top guy. Um, so you're running that committee. Um, even if the Colts wanted to run a committee, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are too good not to dominate those touches. Right. Um, as we saw um, last week when they didn't get the ball a little bit in the second half, it's just a mistake. Those two guys are just too dynamic. Naeem Hines right now is probably the most dynamic playmaker on the offense. Um, it, it, you cannot have him behind Marlon Mack on the snap count. Marlon Mack is too good just not to be playing. Um, I wanted to see what he had. I think week two, even in the limited snaps, we saw some of that burst. We saw some of that jump around that we saw um, in his 1,000-yard season. And Rashad, you started to talk about it already. I think there are a few good teams where I want to see him go. I mean, last offseason, I really wanted to see him go to Atlanta before they signed – Mike Davis, I thought that was a place that he could win the job and be be efficient. Their offensive line is terrible, um, though, so I don't know if that's exactly where I want to see Matt go. Maybe the Jets are another one that I thought of. Again, just a pitiful offensive line situation right now. Um, the Rams, I mean, they're mm -hmm. kind of running that committee approach as well. Um, but Marlon is a one-year deal. Cam Akers is also out for the year this year. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Marlon Mack succeed. I mean, I hate to say it because I really don't want to root for this team at all. Um, but, I mean, the Bucks seem like they want to bench a running back every week. <laughs> um, whether it's Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, man, they find a way to bench him, one of the two, every single week. Um, I think Marlon Mack's a guy that can come in and definitely out outplay a Ronald Jones uh, mentally. Um, I think he has the talent. I mean, Achilles injuries are tough to come back all the way to form. I want to see Marlon Mack start. I want to see him back in a, way, in a place he can play outside of the AFC South, of, of course. Um, but what are, what are some teams that you guys have on your mind that you'd like to see Matt go to? Uh, I think one of the ones that is popular among our fan base is Baltimore. But, I mean, Baltimore has done a lot of moves in the running back department already. I believe they brought in Le'Veon. They brought in Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray. I mean, they're already crowded in a not-so-much-talented room in that uh, – Baltimore locker room but then LA Las Vegas is another one because I'm really pissed off Daryl Henderson and Josh Jiggers are screwing up my fantasy team because of how hurt they are but what are those number two options behind them Daryl Henderson has Sony Michelle great pickup are they going to want maybe a second running back in case Sony Michelle can't go who knows but I think Las Vegas possibly uh other than that I can't really see too much too much teams I wouldn't even be surprised if hell Philadelphia goes for it Nick Sirianni, that connection, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for uh, Marlon Mack either. Shoot, I'll, I'll send them Marlon Mack to Philadelphia if they drop that pick to a straight second right now. They don't have to give us anything extra. Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> hey, I'm a persuasive guy. Get me on the phone. <laughs> my, uh, my ideal place for him is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, their run game is – 
outstanding. We know what Shanahan does. Trey Sermon game. fantasy owners have turned the podcast off just now. Well, they should have been turned it off because Trey Sermon has given them every reason not to play him for some strange reason. Getting outperformed by Eli, Eli Mitchell, like he's been inactive for, for, for other reasons. He's not held. He's always had something's going on with, with Trey Sermon. Yeah, I, I don't understand the love for Trey Sermon. I, I really don't. I mean, I think he's a decent back. I mean, I, I don't see superstar like some people see with, when they look at him, but I think he's yeah. a solid back. But I think Marlon Mack can step in right away in, in that scheme and play really well, man. I, Shanahan and that run game over there in the 49ers, they're missing – a, a, a dynamic piece that Marlon Mack maybe can can get back to because we saw just season before last, he was the 1,100-yard rusher, man. He has that type of ability when healthy, and I think it's worth taking a fly on if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, a team with Super Bowl aspirations. Hey, we're not talking about fantasy purposes, but for Marlon Mack's purposes, I really hope he doesn't go to San Fran. It just feels like you can't own a San Francisco running back in fantasy. But, hey, no, wherever no. Marlon Mack goes, I'll have to root for him. doesn't matter where he goes, if it's a New England, if it's a Tampa Bay, if it's a team I just do not want to see win right now. I want Marlon Mack to succeed, and that'll, that'll just always be the case. Um, I have no ill will, even if Marlon Mack requested this trade. I mean, that's not how it's being reported. But even if that is the case, I have no ill will towards Marlon Mack wanting a situation where he can play more. I mean, that's what the NFL is. That's that's what this is for players. Um, he, he's got to get that chance to be able to earn a, stop, a spot elsewhere, and he's not going to be able to do that on a one-year deal here. I never thought the move made sense to bring him back, but it was such a cheap deal. It was hard for the Colts to say no. Mm-hmm. A little injury update for the Colts. Um, doesn't sound like we're going to have an up-and-down week. Um, with Carson Wentz not knowing if he's going to play. They all but said Carson Wentz is going to play while rehabbing. Um, They're going to try to improve those ankles as they go, the high ankle sprain and the low ankle sprain, one in each ankle right now. Um, They did say that they they feel like he is at a better spot right now than he was a week previous. Um, So he's going to rehab while playing. This is not a situation that works often, in my opinion. Um, it feels like when you attempt to let players rehab while playing, you're just asking for it to get re-aggravated. Um, and, I mean, the wins we saw against the Titans were just so limited. It just seems like we were being teased a little bit. It felt like we were back in the Rivers era a little bit. Um, you weren't leaving the pocket. You, you were right in between the hash marks um, playing the entire game. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm not the most excited um, that this is just going to be the week-to-week feel. Um, I understand they don't want to sit him, um, and I understand they don't want to lose to Jacoby Brissett after all this stuff and all the fans that just think he's the stuff. But I I am nervous about this approach. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Um, I I really, like, I I understand – that Carson forced himself to play. He was pushing to play. It's a division game. I got it. The Colts allowed it. Division game. I got it. Uh, but after what I saw against a poor Titans defense, that just doesn't make me comfortable for moving forward, facing a relentless Ravens defense, facing a 49ers defense. Who knows about this Miami Dolphins defense? I, I don't know. But 
I mean, they just got to be smart with this, man. Carson has to be smart with this. I, I said it in training camp. He has he's got to listen, man. He can't force himself to try and prove all these doubters wrong or try to shut them up because he's only going to make them louder with performances like he had on Sunday. And it's because he was hurt. So I don't know, man. I really hope that they sit him, but the Colts are in a very critical spot right now. They got two AFC games coming up against teams who will be playoff contenders. You got to get wins over those teams. That way, when the tiebreakers come into play week 17, 18, you have those in your back pocket. So playing Wentz is, I feel like is their only option because they just refuse to look Jacob Eason's way. They keep Brett Hundley, who's no better. Um, and Sam Ellinger, you've talked about it, Destin. He's bad. Uh, so it's like, what are their options right now? Uh, man, me personally, I'm nervous about this. But at, right now, if you're trying to be as competitive as possible, uh, this probably is the move. You spoke volumes to how you feel about Jacob Beeson by bringing in Brett Huntley and protecting him off the practice squad and then bringing him up off the practice squad to make him the number two quarterback meaning he would have gotten a start if Carson Wentz wasn't able to go. I remember last week, Mike thought the Colts was just throwing smoke grenades and smoke yeah. bombs with the Brett Hundley thing. And I told him it might be some truth to that. And sure enough, they was really prepared to start him if Carson couldn't go because that just shows you what little faith they have in Jacob Eason. But Carson, it definitely gives you the best chance to win right now. Even at I don't even think that was 70, 80%, like Frank Wright said. I think it was somewhere lower than that. Hopefully, this thing gradually gets better, and maybe Carson at 75% this week and is good enough to beat a Miami team that's not playing good football right now. Uh, their pass rush is it's not that great. They, they, they have a, a lot of talent, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the game preview, but... Right now, uh, this this approach does make me nervous, man. I, I must be honest, but I think I think Carson will be fine. I think it'd be okay. The thing that makes me the most nervous is just the fact that we have no idea what percent this offensive line's at. I mean, Ryan Kelly probably had his best game of the season, but that's not saying much um, when his 2021 tenure has just been a shit show. Um, and he, he's dealing with some elbow issues. I understand. But, man, his ass is in the backfield every play, it feels like. Um, Braden Smith at right tackle. I mean, they didn't put him on IR last week, so it makes you feel like they don't think it's going to be a three-week thing. Um, but we, we, we have no idea what that looks like. Um, obviously, Quentin Nelson's issue that just came up after the last game. Um, I do think Chris Reed's probably the best depth lineman they have. Um, so if, if we had to miss somebody at a spot, I do think even though Quentin Nelson's the best lineman on the team, obviously, um, Chris Reed is the most suitable um, depth player we have to, out there to play. So it, we'll, we'll see what it all looks like. But if your line is not even at 75% health, really, pl- having Wentz rehab this injury like this, I mean, we, we just saw a very subpar defensive line of the Titans just wreck the offensive line again. Um, and Carson Wentz is immobile right now. He's not able to do what he did the first two weeks. Um, that were also the offensive line was pitiful. But we're going to jump right into the Titans now. But, guys, we're, we're going to see Wentz next week most likely. Um, it does help that he is a veteran. And I personally, uh, I know there are some people that are going to disagree. I don't think many veteran players need 
practice reps as much as some of the younger players anyway. Um, I think he can go pretty much the entire week, maybe get some light practice in, um, maybe throw in some seven on sevens um, in practice and he'll be fine if, if, that, if that's what they want to do. I, I just don't think we need to see a full participant day from him um, if in that need that I just don't think it needs to happen. Um, basically yeah. what I'm saying here. Rest over uh, reps. Exactly. Especially in his situation. If he's going to play and you're going to have him rehab while playing, you might as well rest him as much as you can during the week and throw in a light practice um, on that Thursday if you have to. But One Call Technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100-plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system installation, and service managed telecom service providers, telecom carrier management, and high-speed internet. Head on over to One Call's website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them the Blue Stable guys sent you. Guys, the dreaded part of the show, the Blue Stable Titans recap. I'm not ready. I'm not. But the Colts fall to 0-3. The Colts fall to the Titans 25-16 to when it's all said and done. The first thing that really stood out to me, I don't know about you guys, is we talked all offseason about how Wentz was not going to be asked to be Superman. He wasn't going to be asked to do it all here. Um, that wasn't the role he had to come in and do. We have a run game. We have an offensive line. Um, it felt like the receivers were only going to get better. I mean, through three weeks, <laughs> probably on the most hobbled game of the year, that's all we asked him to do. We asked him to be Superman. What's going on? I don't necessarily think we asked him to be Superman. He asked to be Superman. Uh, I'm not even sure if I heard you correctly. I think that's how you said it. Um, yeah, dude, like like I said earlier in the show, moving forward, I just don't think it was a smart decision on Carson's side. I get it as the competitor. I get it as wanting to go out there, battle with your guys, get on the field, show that toughness all that stuff that's just that's just toughness man but at some certain point kind of like what Andrew Luck said when I knew that my play would not be to the best of my ability that it would hold this team back I have to step out of the way that's what Andrew Luck said when he knew his play wouldn't be the top tier to his competitive level he knew he had to step away Carson has to know to what just step down but it's 50 50 because it was a division game that's that, that's the thing like I get it but then I just don't want it at the same time so it's like I'm just conflicted with both parts but oh man it was just it was not a good game of course the offensive line struggled I wouldn't necessarily say they just got destroyed by the defensive line per se because Mike Vrabel brought some blitzes man he knew he could he knew he could the blitz the amount of blitzes he through at Carson I mean Jesus Christ David Long Jr. Rashad I mentioned it last week that offensive line versus the linebackers it was gonna be big and look what it did it was big David Long kept coming Rashad Evans kept coming and Mike Rabel did the smart thing they're hurt their offensive line sucks let's pressure them and that's exactly what they did now the only pushback I have is I mean Jonathan Taylor only ran the ball 10 times I mean they 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 asked, they asked him to be Superman to an extent. Now, Reich did say that there were 
plenty of RPOs that ended up being passes. Um, so on that note, you technically could blame Wentz. I mean, Wentz is the one that gets to make that decision on those RPOs. But I mean, overall, I mean, I don't know how many of those RPOs they could have ran. Um, it, it just seems like they went into this game with a pass heavy mindset when you had a hobbled quarterback. And I just think, I personally think they've kind of, because of the inconsistencies on defense that we'll get into later, um, the offensive line being the issue that it is, they, I mean, whether they like it or they're directly asking it, they're asking Wentz to be Superman. Like for us to win games right now, that's what Wentz has to be with the situations going on right now, whether it's injury related, whether it's poor game planning, um, like that, that's just the situation we're in. Um, <clears throat> to answer your question, because your question kind of uh, applies to the game, but it can also apply to the, the season so far. Carson has been asked to do a lot and has been failed by this team, really. And if you want to keep it honest, everybody said that's the reason Carson would be able to return back to his true form, because we had all of this support around him and all of this support. It's not it. It's not happening. The things we was able to hang our hats on last year is not weaknesses on this team. Uh, the defense has taken a severe step back. For us run defense, we was a top five unit last year. Now we're bottom five unit this year. Uh, defending the pass, that's been what it was. So we know that. The defense is not that top 10 defense Carson thought he was getting. The run game has not been that top run game. The, the Jonathan Taylor top three rusher from last year has not been that whether you want to go to the play calling or whether you want to go to the offensive line. I'm just speaking specifically in general of support for Carson Wentz. They have been failed. It's been drops by wide receivers. It's been tight ends blocking poorly. It's been offensive linemen allowing pressure after pressure after pressure. He's been hit the most in the NFL through the first three weeks of the season. Like, how do you expect him to survive in a situation like that? Now, to now add in the fact that he's playing on two bad ankles, one really bad ankle, and it's a it's almost an impossible situation to survive. I see people throwing out random scenarios about what if we would have had Sam Darnold. Well, if Sam Darnold was playing on two bad ankles with this support group around him, he looked pretty much the same way, if not worse. So, and do you know what the reasons the big reason Sam Darnold failed in Tennessee was? I mean, in New York was. Poor offensive line play. I mean, exactly. I mean, he obviously had the goat out of Gase. Um, <laughs> but just in general, I mean, pe people – my biggest pet peeve when it comes to sports are people that only look at the box score to make opinions. People that literally just look. I mean, we, we saw people, mainstream media members last week, calling out Carson Wentz saying he needed to do the easy things, find the drop-off, find those little passes. When Carson Wentz was 90% of the time throwing to running backs. But they don't watch – they don't look. They don't watch the games. All they're looking at is they lost. And what, how do you lose in the NFL? Your quarterback loses you games. Why are you losing games? Your head coach is doing poor. Like people look at the total score in the end and try to make these opinions without watching the game. People probably watched the people probably looked at the stat on the Colts Titans and just flat out said Wentz was the reason. They probably didn't even know how severe Wentz's injury was because these people don't care. Um, it's just it's just ridiculous. My biggest pet peeve in all of sports are media members that like to just put their two cents in without knowing shit. Now I. I was thinking when Rashad was talking, I was thinking, who is he talking for? Is he talking at the fans or is he talking at the organization when he said this team has failed? 
Carson Wentz? Are you speaking because of the fans are saying it, or are you saying the organization actually failed Carson Wentz? Oh, uh, I'm speaking. Right. Yeah. Right. The players. Okay, because what? Okay, because there are some people that get it confused. The organization, meaning Chris Ballard, the scout team, the draft decision makers, all that stuff. Okay, I just wanted to make that clear. So you're talking about the actual team. Okay, on the sidelines. All right. So the the most frustrating thing about all of this is because I felt like even if Carson Wentz was healthy, the game plan going into Tennessee would have been to throw the ball anyway because they're not a good defense. They're just not. And when your offensive line is hobbled, Carson Wentz, in my opinion, well, not in my opinion, that's a fact. He just gave up on a lot of plays, just throwing the ball into the ground. Um. I don't, I don't blame him, of course, because I'm not about to get this sack or tackle or anything. Uh, when it comes to Destin, your point, when you said he wouldn't make the check down, I'm not going to say he was ignoring the check down because, yeah, my, he might, well, that he wasn't my point. Lot. Well, that wasn't my point. That was what media people like to like say. Okay, that's what Twitter, couple, that's what Twitter said. Well, okay. Not even, I mean, technically, I guess on Twitter, but I'm saying like NFL network people talking um, on air, ESPN analysts talking on air. Like they, oh, yeah. those comments have been made. Then it's just because they weren't even watching the game. I mean, I don't necessarily take ESPN's word for, for anything anyway, but Carson Wentz, and this was only in this one game. I didn't see it in Seattle too much. I didn't see it in the LA Rams game, but this is, what he's hurt. This is the Carson Wentz we're going to see. He's going to be hurt moving forward. He held the ball too long. He was too hesitant. He overthrew Michael Pittman in the end zone on the easiest slant pattern he will ever see in his life. He ignored Ashton Doolin on a pick play Michael Pittman created for him and just threw it up to Zach Pascal for whatever reason. Hey, now, Michael, guy, you, Destin, you, you've been you're, you're ignoring Destin, Doolin all offseason. Hold on, Destin. Destin, hold on. Carson ignored the right play. Ashton Doolin, your guy, two weeks in a row could have had a walk-in touchdown. A walk-in touchdown. That's how open he was because Michael Pittman set that perfect pick. But he threw it, and on that play, it should have even been a freaking face guarding. I don't even – this refing was <laughs> – the refs were so bad in this game. They were so bad. But in this game specifically, you could just see the ankles just – it made him second guess. It made him hesitate. It made him, you know, maybe is that a little bit of mental toughness? Because in the offseason when we traded for him, I questioned how mentally tough he is. Is he mentally tough to be able to stand in that pocket when he's hurt – and make the throw people can go step out on the field all they want but when they see a 300 pound man running at them can they step in and make that throw and I don't blame Carson I really don't both ankles really I mean it's one thing to say he's hurt that's what I'm saying that can be an excuse but it's also another fact that he just didn't play well the team didn't play well hell I mean three forced turnovers and all we did was never take the lead and we only scored 13 points. Are, is any team in the NFL going to win that game? Now, t- talking about Wentz and his just lim- limitations in this game, he probably had one of, if not the worst, intentional groundings I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> he, he just gave it up. Now, I have a theory. This isn't backed up by any inside information. Um, just going off of the fact that we have heard that Carson pushed to play um, against some recommendations of sitting 
Um, he, he pushed a play. I almost want to bet that he was told not to take a sack, not to take a hit, um, to do what he could to get the ball out. But, again, that intentional grounding was the most embarrassing intentional ground I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it, <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like when some random celebrity goes to throw the first pitch at a baseball game and just slides out of their hand. That, that's what his oh, intentional Jesus. grounding looked like. He just tossed yep. that crap into the ground. Um, yep. like he spiked it like he was trying to kill the clock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what he should have played it off as. Um, right. I, I, I was spiking the ball after I took a drop back. <laughs> um but that was bad um but again it did look like he didn't trust himself to be able to get the ball out of bounds at times he also i mean as we talked about earlier was not getting out of that pocket Um, there just wasn't a time where he ever thought about it and that's a big part of who carson Wentz is but again i think the bigger issue was the game plan did not fit having a hobbled quarterback um i'm not a frank reich hater i'm not a guy who's calling for frank reich's job like half of colt's twitter right now but I will say that I think Frank abandoned the run too early. I think, again, a lot of che- RPO checks that Wentz could have called off. But – and I do think after Quentin Nelson went out, Frank Reich may have overcorrected. And I think that's something that coaches do sometimes in game flow. But it's, the run game was working too well. Jonathan Taylor was eating those yards per carry, um, and they just went away from it. Um you can't do that in that kind of game. You can't do that with a hobbled quarterback, and that just goes back to my point. You cannot ask Carson Wentz to be Superman, especially while hobbled. Um, it's, just, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. And we've talked a lot about the offense. It's time to go to the defensive side of the ball, where, in my opinion, is getting let off a little bit on just so, being so inconsistent the entire day. First and foremost, again, with this box score talk, we're really going to talk like this This defense forced three turnovers. Is that really what we're going to act like? That interception there is Leonard. The way he ran with the ball afterwards, he was still shocked that he had that ball in his hands. He, he was running with that ball in his hands like he just took a bag of chips from the 7-Eleven down the street and he was trying to get away with it. <laughs> like, like that's what that's what Darius Leonard looked like running with that ball. And then he gets it popped out and luckily recovers it himself. But that ball just hit him right in that 5-3, just, just right there. He was just yeah, right behind the target. Didn't ask for a better. I don't know like an easier what, intercept. I don't know what Tannehill was doing on that play. I don't think he saw him. I mean, Darius was right behind the tight end, and the tight end. I mean, as the ball comes out, like shifts. I don't think the tight end knew the ball was coming first and foremost. I don't think that was. He didn't look like he was looking for it. That's what I'm saying. The tight end shifts last second, just away from the ball, and then Darius just hits him right in the numbers. If that ball doesn't hit him in the center of his chest, he doesn't catch that ball. He was, that, he was that shocked that ball was there. For, so first of all. They ended up scoring points off that. But, I mean, first turnover that people are trying to say the Colts defense forced. Second, second one, a tipped pass from a receiver that Kenny Moore just finds a way to catch. Now, the now the return was elite. Kenny Moore field presence after that was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But let's not act like Kenny Moore, like, jumped around on that play. He almost had one later in the game. But that one, I mean, bounced off a dude, made a catch. Turnover was made. Good for him. Now – now, Rocky Sins, strip, beautiful. He was just tugging that ball, man, just tugging That was a at forced – now, you oh, forced yeah. that turnover. 100%, 100% forced. So, I, I would give the defense a forced turnover. Now, we still won the turnover battle 3-0 and lost the game. I'm just saying, the people that are using that to, like, put all the blame on the offense, it just, it just cracks me up because they act like they didn't even watch it. They probably didn't watch it. You know, 
part of being a good defense is not just the ability to force turnovers. Yes, it is a, a great ability to have because we've seen some teams go on to win Super Bowls with pretty norm, pretty average to bad defenses, but they did have the ability to force a lot of turnovers. See the Saints from their Super Bowl year. Um, I don't think this coach defense took a step in the right direction. Yeah, they had a, the ball bounced their way in a sense. In that Literally game. and figuratively. Right. A lot of Tennessee had injuries. We saw A.J. Brown go down early. We saw Julio go down and never return. You don't think these things impacted the, the, the way this game went? Tannehill was throwing to people I've never heard of in my life. The guy from Indiana, uh, the guy that played – when did he attach that last name – I, I never knew he he attached he had he attached the extra last name to his. Yeah, I say I've I've seen a few players do that this year. Um, even the rookie Joe Tryon, my draft crush, he he even added on um, his second last name. I'm not even going to try to say it right now because I'm not mm-hmm. going to butcher without looking at it. But even he added a last name to his jersey. So that seems to be something people are doing. But and I'm not going to say I told you guys so. And Xavier Rose is coming off an injury, so I'm not going to use this week. Relax, as a, Dustin. I'm not going to. I'm just said. I'm not going to use this week to say I told you so. But, man, Xavier Rose looked bad first week coming off injury. He got dusted multiple times. That pass interference looked like a rookie corner. And then there were Colts fans on Twitter trying to tell people that it was a bad call. What are you talking about? I saw that. Some people just knew what he was doing. Let their fandom get the best of them, man. But there's still plenty, plenty, plenty of problems on that defense. Uh, the pass rush is non-existent. Uh, we have 12 quarterback hits to this point for the season. Buckner five of which, five. Okay, five of which are from Buckner. Like, um, Quiddy Pay going down with an injury. He was That's... winning a lot of reps early. I'm gonna give it to him. He wasn't hitting home early, mm-hmm. um, but but he he was. Murder and Taylor Luan's had a bad season. Didn't miss week two. Chandler Jones bet him over week one. Um, but I mean, week three, I mean, Quiddy Pay was winning just about every rep I was watching. And then the hamstring, um, Titans offensive lineman rolling over people. Um, but that's a story for another day. Darius Lynn is still <laughs> clearly not healthy. Like you said, you saw an in interception return, he, he was barely able to run to return that, that football, man. He literally is hobbling trying to get pretty much get to the sideline and, and the ball popped out, but he was able, I think his patented stats, that, that should count as a fumble recovery as well. It should it be an interception have. and fumble recovery. It might have. <laughs> I mean, nah, remember man. what I said? Remember what I said about those hamstrings? They linger all season. So I didn't necessarily view Quiddy Pay. He's a rookie. Didn't view him as, as much of a loss as I would any of these freaking pass rushers we have. Uh, I, I said it at the beginning, pass rush is a huge question that has been answered and it's not a great answer so far. Um, when it comes to the point of forcing turnovers or getting lucky with turnovers, if you want to be technical, yeah, the Colts got lucky. I, I, coming from a, from a person that played in little old high school, uh, here was my mindset as a defender. I don't give a damn if the quarterback handed it to me or if he threw it to me indirectly or if it was a tip drill, if I get my offense, the ball back, do something with that shit. Like that was my mentality as a defender. I don't care how we give you the ball back. If we give you the ball back, do something with it. And the Colts offense didn't do anything with it. So I understand it from that point of view, but no, the Colts defense was not all over the place. 
shutting guys down. They weren't taunting Ryan Tannehill. They weren't betting. What's the word I'm looking for? They weren't baiting Ryan Tannehill. They weren't disguising coverage, anything like that. They got lucky. So I wanted to make that point. But when it comes to this defense, man, oh, yeah, there's, there's really not much to like on this defense so far. Uh, whoever we have on the edge is getting beat numerous times. Al-Gadim Muhammad probably had the best day out of the defensive linemen on the team yesterday. Well, the defensive ends. He had a couple good run stops on Derrick Henry, completely crashing the gap and just getting him for a one-yard gain or so like that. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know any elite pass rushers that are still on the market right now, and that could help. So hey, I'm going to say moving. this. I'm going to say this about Al-Qadim Muhammad. I understand the big thing in Colts Twitter right now is why is this man out stop snapping Toure and Banigou? But, I mean – Al-Qadim Muhammad had a nice day Sunday. I'm just, I'm just going to say it like that. I mean, he was winning reps. He was tracking the ball. He was he was bringing Derrick Henry down on first tries when nobody else was really. I think Grover Stewart had a really good day as well. I watched the game back because it just feels like a lot of people were crucifying Grover at times. And I, I just didn't see many mis, mismatch, mismatch moves. I didn't see many snaps he lost. Um, I think the best two players on the defense overall that day from the defensive line or the front seven in general, I'll even give it, were Grover and Al-Qadim Muhammad. Um, I think Rocky Asin was the best DB, including the safeties. Um, Julian Blackman, um, he had a few good plays as well. But he, the thing with Blackman right now, and even Willis at times, they're getting lost at times. And it's just – it's just causing some issues. That's why we're giving up some big plays here and there. And it's, it's that thing that this Eberflus defense isn't supposed to do. Now, the difference that I'm seeing <laughs> offense and defense-wise, personally, when I watch the offense, I'm just seeing a lot of poor execution, a lot of poor execution. Um, people are crucifying Frank Reich's red zone offense. In one drive, he ran three plays in the red zone. Two of the three should have been touchdowns. Just flat out should have been touchdowns. Pittman just smoked the safety on that slant route in the end zone. Um, I, I I told them a little bit earlier, and this is something I didn't see first. I think Pittman may have jumped a little early, um, may have caused that to like get overflown. But either way, you've got to make that throw. You've got to have a better throw. Wentz has to make it in the box there because he's by himself. You can you you could have hit him in the numbers. You could have thrown it slightly now, behind him. Nobody was touching that ball but Pittman. This is this is my thing on that same play, Dustin. I went back and watched it, and I'm pretty sure you noticed it. That linebacker, very late, it was a delayed blitz, but he was coming up the middle. Carson went, saw, and felt him, and he rushed the pass. He rushed it. And that's what I say, the mental toughness game. I know I'm going to take this hit, but I need to deliver this ball to a wide-open dude, and that's something Carson did not do it I mean I, I didn't notice that at first I just kept looking at the throw but then I realized I can't remember I think it was David Long who came on that delayed blitz but he was coming he was coming full force for Carson's head I mean and that that could be a reason it's just you, you got to give him a chance and like I said again there was just nobody else there if you were going to throw if you're going to rush the throw he should have threw a little behind him 
Um, Pittman was by himself. That throw has to be made. It hurts even more when Pascal drops the backing into the end zone catch right at that goal line. Some, oh. people, some people say he wouldn't have caught, wouldn't have gotten the end zone. He was backing up as he was trying to catch the he ball. Was, yeah, I, he I don't was see a way. I don't see a way he doesn't score that one personally. And then the first the first throw of the set was the overthrow, um, throw it away in the right corner of the end zone. But in my opinion, on that drive alone, two of the three plays Reich drew up were touchdown plays. Um, now some people are complaining he didn't run the ball. Last week, people were all on Frank Reich's case because he ran the ball in the goal line and didn't throw the ball. Um, I just feel like there's nothing Frank Reich can do. If, if the touchdown's not scored, Frank Reich's head needs to be on a stick. Um, and I'm, I'm just not with that. I'm just really not understanding the point. To me, he can't make the line block. He can't make Carson Wentz make the throws. He can't make the receivers win their routes. Um, and that's just not something I'm going to blame Frank Reich for. Should he have ran the ball more? Yes. Do I think he should have, threw, should have ran the ball in that red zone? I don't think so. I mean, two of those three plays were touchdowns for a reason. But – and then on the defensive side of the ball, like I said earlier, I think the offense is a lot of lack of execution going on. And then defense, I mean, there's there's definitely lack of execution coming. The linebackers, whether Darius is playing hurt or not, um, the DBs just not being the most talented group on the field. Um, the run defense is just not where it's been in the past. Um, the young edge rusher experiment is it not working currently, um, but we're going to see if they grow into those roles. Um, but the system is just flawed. I mean, we've seen Flus improve as the game goes on. I mean, that's who he is. But here in the beginning of the season, it just feels like whether it's the players just not understanding, the players just seem confused on so many snaps. You see them yelling at each other on the defensive side of the ball countless times. I've seen it in all three games now. That's embarrassing. Um, as a coach, I mean, to an extent, that's on you. Like, why are these guys so confused on each and every play like this? Like, you cannot keep doing this. And, I mean, Michael, I was talking Michael off some ledges last year on the Fire Flues train. Um, on Twitter on Sunday, I was a little aggressive with my opinion on it. I don't – I'm not ever – I don't think we should fire Flues week three. That's not where I'm at. Um, I, I'll take some steps back. But personally, I just don't see a way that this soft zone system with the personnel we have is going to be something that improves this year. I think the run defense is going to improve. I don't think that's going to be an issue that we see for 17 games this year. I, I just don't imagine. Um, I do not imagine the safeties are going to look this lost the entire year. Um, Will, Willis and Blackman are two guys that I think are really talented, and they're going to get it together. The corners, I mean, you guys have heard me all offseason. I'm worried about the corners. Mm -hmm. Rock has looked yeah. good, though. I'll say that. Rock has looked very improved on the outside. We'll see if that continues all year. And then Xavier Rose needs to get healthy. But I'm just worried about but the Destin, game plan, man. But, but Destin, see, a couple of dumbasses want to come at us like Frank Reich's the problem and the offense sucks. Their evil foods could do no wrong, right? I mean, he could do no wrong. I mean, he's got this defense. Everybody knows what they're doing, obviously, because we're giving up almost 30 points a game. Um, I mean, he could do no wrong. Destin, why are you getting at Matt Eberflus like that? Again, I think uh, people are uh, using the box score to make some debates a little bit too much. And if you just watch the game, you just saw a very inconsistent defense that just at times looked very, very young. There are some young guys on this defense, but I mean, the, 
the leadership just isn't there. I mean, people keep bringing up his Anthony Walker, the missing piece in the run defense. I, I, I don't think Anthony Walker pulling him out is causing all this issue. Um, I just think there's just flat out miscommunication. It does not feel like the defensive side of the ball is prepared for these games right now. It doesn't. And that just felt like the last concern we had last year. It felt like these guys were on it. Um, I mean, did they have inconsistent moments where quarterbacks ate up the soft zone? Yeah, but that's going to happen. But when the well, fact they, were they playing, don't look prepared is a problem. They were playing sorry offenses last year. Of course they looked prepared. I get but, it. I mean, to me, and I'll just say my little piece about this defense. <laughs> uh the run game wasn't atrocious Sunday. I will say that. I will speak highly. I will say the good before I get to the bad. Derrick Henry was held to four yards a carry. Um, that's pretty much 28 carries, uh, 113 yards, I believe. Y'all kept him out of the end zone, which is good. But um, like I said, A.J. Brown had one catch for three yards, I think, in the first couple of plays of the game, and then he sat down. Julio... Had three catches for 47 yards. Why y'all getting beat by second and third hand pinch players? Kenny Moore getting beat for a touchdown by Chester Rogers is unacceptable. Jesus. That unacceptable. Chester Rogers cannot beat Kenny Moore, a guy who we look at as the best slot cornerback in the NFL. Um, the touchdown to McNichols, third and goal from the 10. For him to go untouched across the field, and then the other touchdown to Westbrook. Um, I think that was like an 18, 19 yard touchdown. He was untouched. Now, mm-hmm. now I want your opinion on that. I think that was Darius's fault on the McNichols one. It was absolutely Darius's fault. Now it could have just been yeah. that because of because that was another play where I noticed the defense of yelling at each other. It felt like Darius was yelling at some safeties um, that he felt were out of position as well. So maybe that's the case. But from the film work that you watch that play, it's Darius who has to go down and make the play, and he is way too far inside. He even mm-hmm. watching the running back come out, I feel like you can see Darius with his head pointed that direction, and he doesn't take any steps that way. Um, he doesn't try to like get a head start. He doesn't start running towards him until the ball is thrown. That defense, it, it, and we've seen that from Darius in the Seattle game as well on, on the. I be- who, what, who scored that to Everett? Was it Everett, the Everett on touchdown? The under, yeah. On the underneath. Yeah, on the underneath. We, we saw Darius just out of position and, and get beat. I mean, we clearly know he's dealing with an injury, so I, I guess he has that to, that as an excuse. But you can't let Ryan Tannehill throw t- three touchdowns on you without A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. Like, it simply cannot happen under no circumstances. Not as the highest-paid linebacker in football. Not, not when you're being paid – you're you're not being paid like an off ball linebacker right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's the problem. Um, you're getting paid like a middle linebacker, exactly. And I mean, y'all know what you, I think. What do you think? I think we should trade Marlon to Seattle for Bobby Wagner. You know, I bet you, you go load up Madden real quick, okay, Michael? <laughs> you go load up Madden, see what Seattle says, and you get back to us. But uh, but yeah. Overall, <laughs> when I watch that play back. It looks like that's Darius's ball. He has to make that play. That was pathetic, man. Like that, those are the type of things. Um, Tennessee marched up and down the field on us consistently. If it wasn't for those turnovers, that score would be a lot worse. They gifted us a, a couple. Of, they gifted us a couple of turnovers, and we didn't do anything with it. But that's the reason why this score looks like this game was really competitive 
as it was. And it don't get me started on Zaire Franklin's just idiotic running into the punch. Oh my god! Oh my Your Jesus! Your special that teams captain. That pissed me off. Like you can't have, you can't do that. Are you kidding me right now? That pissed me and then, off. And then again, there were also people just comical to me that were arguing that that should have been a penalty. Um, Jesus. But man, I, I feel like the thing that we've just said all year, our strengths have not just not been strengths; they've been weaknesses. Special teams last year was a strength for this team. It's struggling right now. The run defense has been a strength over the last couple of years. The run defense has not been up to standard. The offensive line has been a strength the last few years. Top five in the NFL type strength. They've been they've allowed the most quarterback hits in the NFL. Not in the AFC South. Not in the AFC. In the NFL, they've allowed the most quarterback hits for a quarterback that's already injured now and a quarterback that went through a situation last year. It's ridiculous. It, it's not something we could have predicted. I mean, this is the craziest way we can be losing games. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year, Carson Wentz would not be the would not be an issue the first three weeks of the season, I would not have said we were zero three. There's no way I would have right. predicted zero three. Mm-hmm. And there's I no mean, chance that I would have predicted this many quarterback hits. I no. I would definitely want to remind Destin of this. Now, Rashad, you weren't with us at the end of the season last year, but Destin, remember. After the Buffalo game, I said, if your biggest questions at the beginning of the season are still your biggest questions at the end of the season, you're probably not going to be a good team. And the questions right now were like, what, two or three at the beginning of the year? Now they've bumped up to like seven or eight. Injury, mostly due to injuries anyway. So I can just tell you guys right now that the amount of offenses we're about to start playing. Um, no bye week coming soon. Let's remember that. Freaking week 13. Um, if this doesn't improve, guys, there's a real possibility we're 0-5 after Baltimore and Miami. And I swear to God, if Jacoby Brissett like, throws a party on us, I, I am definitely going to be calling for more than Iberfus's job. I promise you that. There will be a branch of Colts Twitter that is happy if Brissett beats us. Is that wild to you guys? That's wild yeah. to me. There will yeah. be a branch of Colts Twitter that throws a effing party if Brissett throws all over us Sunday. Ballard's such a dumbass. He got right. rid of the wrong quarterback. Because, because right. he was going to give $10 million to a backup quarterback. Get out of here. Right. Dude, please explain to me, like, people keep trying to blame Ballard and Reich for all this. Please tell me. That's a good segue to our last Please, please tell me what, what GM, what organization has had two franchise quarterbacks retire on them two out of three years? Well, what no, Michael. Has been someone that? told me on Twitter today when I replied with that, that that excuse is officially expired now. I didn't know it had the expiration date, but they well, said that's we're not allowed to say that anymore. There are also it's, people it's that claim. Wow. There are also people that claim that Ballard has had four years to get get through Luck. <laughs> like Luck didn't retire eight days before week one. Um, but again, just people Ooh, talking when they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, gotta love sports. But yeah, segue into this last topic. We have a civil war going on, guys, amongst Colts Nation. 
Um, <laughs> it feels like there are three parts of Colts Twitter right now. There is the group that is just living their best life, even at 0-3. There is the group that is full-fledged ahead, fire Frank Reich. There is a group on Colts Twitter that is full-fledged ahead, fire Eberflus. Do you think there's any warrant to any of these coaches being on the hot seat? Um, do you, if, if they were to fire a coach, would you be pro then if they would be um, fire Frank Reich, would you be okay with them promoting with, from within, or would you want to whole overhaul um, Rashad? I'm going to let you go first here. Yeah. I mean, cause we know how Michael feel already. So we can just uh, push him to the back burner for now, but no, man, this is classic overreaction questions. Like I feel like it would have been the same around this time last year. Although I think we was one and two at this point last year, but it's okay, man. Everything is okay. Everybody settle down. As we get healthier, the team will play better. I promise you this. It's no reason to panic. Not yet. This is this week three, okay? I know we're 0-3, but we played three teams that was in the playoffs last year. Two of those teams are probably serious contenders this year. Like We played some good football teams. One of those teams may be the best team in the NFL arguably after Sunday. No biases here. Did. No, not, not at all. Yeah, not at all. no biases. Just, just stomped Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. Just stomped them out. But, um, nah, seriously, we played three playoff teams. Like, we played really good football teams. We're still trying to get set, settled in. Carson Wentz was coming off a training camp. We practiced four times total. Coming off an injury itself, Quentin Nelson injured before the season start. Xavier Rhodes injured before the season start. T.Y. Hilton out before the season start. Like, this is what we was dealing with prior to week one. Like, th- th- a game hasn't been played at this point. We had all those injuries. If now we, we have more injuries. If we, took a shot, if we took a shot for every surgery that's happened since that Bills game, we would be dead. We would be dead. Oh, yeah. I, I, we would, I, I'd be drunk. I'd be gone. Alcohol no, poison. No, not even drunk, Michael. Not breathing. Six feet under. Alco- dead. Alcohol dead. poison. 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 We're, we're dead. We're out. But, man, yeah. like, oh. this, it's just been bad, man. It's just been bad luck. I don't think it, nobody's job should be in question after week three. You know, revisit. we'll revisit this conversation middle of the season. And if we're still struggling like this, then and I'll be singing a different tune. But right now, I just think it's too soon to do anything drastic. Rashad really just said it's too soon to not have one of the worst defense coordinators in the league on the hot seat. Wow. I can't believe that. Um, look, if, if this organization fires Frank Reich and promotes Matt Eberflus, this is no longer the blue stable. This is the blue den because I'm becoming a Lions fan. Okay. That's how. Why is the Lions your first Go jump to, to yeah. team, man? Like who? I why would you jump know. from why would you jump from depression to depression? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. That I've sounds like you hate yourself, lot. Michael. I've seen a lot of bad decisions. Bad decisions. Like go back to the Jets, letting go of Sam Darnold and going with Zach Wilson. That looks bad. Now, if the Colts, man, that's not even a conversation we're gonna even gonna we're gonna even give attention to. I know Rashad's over here trying to say we're not panicking not yet it's the not yet for me with Rashad it's the not yet for me that's what got me laughing right now that's hilarious see I'm just I'm just gonna say that there is a real possibility 
that so what what are the next four games it's miami it's baltimore i know san francisco is week seven on monday or sunday night football what is that six i think it's a texan game game. i think it's a texan game in between guys there is a real chance i'm telling you now there is a real chance we are one in six after week seven there is a real chance because if negative negative if we Man, stop saying negative like with this team has shown some good stuff that man, get out of here. Now, negative. Michael, my pushback to you though, and my pushback to everybody, and something that I had to even push myself back on, because again, I was aggressive on Sunday. I was upset with some of the performances I saw and the game plan that just irritates me a little bit. I am not in team fire either coach right now. First and foremost, I want to say that. Boy, I was team fire back in April. Oh, and we know. I'm just saying, in general, I am not team fire a coach at this moment. Now, I do want to say that if I had to put more blame on a coach right now, it would be Eberflus just because I feel like his game plan is an issue opposed to Frank Reich's where I just feel like the offense lacking talent via injuries and other things like that and just flat out not effectively playing out his game plan. I think that's a problem, but to me, I if we were to fire um, Frank Reich, I don't think there's a world where Eberflus is promoted to head coach. Just does not seem. I mean, do we forget that Eberflus wasn't even a hire from this brass? It was it was it's who McDaniel's wanted. Reich did the good thing. He 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 brought him on. Still, um, not many men would have. Just gonna just gonna put that out there as well. Right. Not many guys who got that job are keeping McDaniel's hires. Um, Frank Reich did. It was Eberflus and a couple others that he kept as well. Now, I also want to say to Colts fans that are just flabbergasted about, you know, in three, do Colts fans just forget that we're never good in the beginning of the season? When was the last time we had a winning record after three games? Wasn't it like 2009 when we went like 8-0? and I, I Maybe. I mean, I'd have to pull the numbers up in front of me, but just in general, in the last almost 10 always years, one and two. We're almost always one and two. In the last the 10 years, I would put a lot of money that we've had less than four, four or less. Let me include four, four or less winning seasons after three games. So like, I'll, do you, I'll do you one better. I'll go with two or less. I mean, it might be in that low, but I, I want to give myself a little push here um, and say four or less just to make me more right. Uh, oh, my Jesus. But just in general, this is not new. I mean, 0-3 sucks. Um, but, again, last year, one of our losses was to the Jaguars, and they didn't win it. They've not won a game since. So. That's true. This year, we've lost to the Seahawks, who, although have lost two in a row from a pitiful second half to the Titans – but they were giving it to the Titans at first and then just got outplayed by the Vikings crazily this Sunday. And then the Rams, who are arguably, if not the best team in football right now, mm-hmm. if Matthew Stafford stays healthy, of course. And then the Titans, AFC South team, where almost every year in the last couple we've been splitting. I'm not in and complete panic mode about being 0-3. That's, that's not why – I have issues. It's just the issues of our strengths have been weaknesses. That's something that can be fixed. That's something that I expect at least a few of these to be fixed. I don't think the personnel is bad enough for the offensive line to be bad all year. I don't think the personnel is bad enough for the run defense to be bad all year. 
Um, like there are things that are going to improve from these weaknesses right now, but firing coaches right now, I'm, I'm pretty anti-firing, especially coordinators and head coaches in season. Um, not a fan of it. Um, if this is a losing season, I think you have to have some changes. Um, and I really, really would like a new defensive coordinator, uh, maybe um, a defensive line coach um from los angeles from, from, from the nfc uh, maybe from california um I've heard, I've heard they have some good ones out there yeah man uh, the Chargers d-line coach is pretty good yeah he's Jesus. yeah <laughs> maybe i mean him he could be considered as well uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just bring I, I just want a fresh fresh ideas i want frank Reich to be able to have his own guy in that defensive system even if it's even who's getting a head coaching job with when if this but if this defense doesn't improve, there's no way that's happening. Um, and there'll be a portion of Colts Twitter that is very upset if this happens. Um, but I don't care. Uh, so, in terms of the panic button, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm I'm closer to it than you guys are. Let me just say that I'm closer than to it than you guys are, only because this stretch we're about to go into: Miami, Baltimore, Houston three straight AFC teams, a division opponent, those divisions, those conference games, they, they matter. We all know they matter. And it's going to be a week-to-week thing. If we drop these two games against Miami and Baltimore, it's time to hit the panic button. It is time. Um, 0-5 right would be now, pretty bad. Yeah, 0-5 yeah, would I'm, be – Yeah, I would, I would even say it's time to hit the panic button if we lose to Miami depending on how uh, – not even depending on how. If we lose, period, it's time to hit the panic button. But I'm going to keep my hand off of it. Uh, the injuries, you know, there's a team every year, a couple of teams that get snake-bitten by injuries. I hope that's not the case with us this year. Um, but other than that, hey, I still still have a lot of promise. Our, our wide receiver one is here for us, Michael Pittman, in your face, Destin. Um, Look, I'm I'm still hopeful. He's going to carry the offense. He's going to move the ball. Just keep getting the ball to Pittman, and this offense will be okay. Hey, I'll, I'll give it to you, Michael. Pittman has been more impressive than I thought. Um, the Rams game was a really special one for me to watch just because there were more reps that I thought he would win over at Jalen Ramsey than I thought he would. And I'm telling you, the moment Ramsey got in his face and said something and Pittman not only said something back but gave him a little shove afterwards, I, I got a little excited for the future of a Michael Pittman number one receiver type thing. Now, Rashad, what was I always saying? He had that dog in him. Hey, and I, <laughs> and I, never, and I never said he didn't have the talent to be a receiver one. That's the thing that Michael liked to run with is that I thought he sucked or something. Um, I just said – You did. You, when you help young, you helps out younger receivers when you give them a guy to learn from and be behind for a minute. Um, but Pittman has shown. I mean, he he's. I want to say he's tied for fourth in the NFL right now in targets. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, mean, I think that, the last two weeks. I think over the last two weeks. He's tied I mean, that th- Destin, that theory worked back in 1990. It's 2021 now. These guys are grown men now. <laughs> well. The Colts are 0-3. Nothing we said here today is going to change that. Nothing the Colts can do tomorrow is going to change being 0-3. So to quote Frank Wright, we have to accept 0-3. We have to take that and we have to 
take that on the chest. We are an 0-3 football team right now. Um, guys, do you have anything else to say about this past week before we head on out? It is the dreaded Jacoby Brissett revenge game. That's all I got to say. Uh, I love seafood, but I never tried dolphin before. First time for everything. All right. Yeah, and Rashad still hasn't given me no gumbo yet, so. <laughs> I, I do owe you some gumbo. I got you. Yeah. Oh, Rashad, okay, my next question. I should be uh, – you going to hook me up this Sunday? You got anything going this Sunday? I don't know, man. We got to work that out off camera. Yeah, we all oh, yeah, let's Mike, not give Mike, the business. Yeah, Mike, Mike was Mike, on here trying to make plans. Mike started talking like we was like the show wasn't still going on. <laughs> My well, bad. I actually thought it was obviously, obviously, Michael has some things he wants to take care of. So guys, we're gonna go ahead and head out. The Colts are the Colts got a, another chance to rebound Sunday when they visit Miami, a building where they've where they've won a Super Bowl and played a Super Bowl. Um, we're gonna hope for some Miami magic that the Colts can pull out a win and get that first win of the season. You have been listening to the blue stable podcast, the official Colts podcast of fans cited. My name is Destin Adams. Join with me today, as always, Michael Tarazas and Rashad McGinnis. We might be owing three guys, but 14 games left to the season. So as always go Colts. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times, and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in, but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro, easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.